Yes And Cafe, a podcast where we explore, learn, and create with ordinary people who do extraordinary things. Yes And is the powerful, intentional, and creative practice of building with other people. The name comes from improvisational theater. So what is it? One, paying attention. Two, affirming. And three, building on what others give you. That's it. Yes And. I'm Nadja. And I'm Omar. And we're broadcasting from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Yes And Cafe, coming to you on a rainy afternoon in Greensboro, North Carolina. Today, I am so honored to be introducing Dr. Dana Dunn. She's a professor of sociology whose research focuses on gender and the workplace. Dr. Dunn is also provost and executive vice chancellor at UNC Greensboro and has been since 2014, a term that she is just completing at the end of this academic year. We're all wrestling with the trauma of her moving on. It has been such a wonderful time period having her as provost. I'm going to give this introduction with my perspective as one of 3,000 faculty and staff that have been under Dr. Dunn's leadership. Over the years, I've watched Dr. Dunn mostly from a distance with a sense of awe. She is an extraordinary leader and a role model to all all of us, and particularly to me as a woman in academia. I'm startled. I'm actually a little emotional doing this introduction. It's a reflection of how much you mean to all of us, Dana. It's hard to describe the experience of being in a room with Dr. Dunn in charge. The word grace comes to mind. She is thoughtful, composed, responsive, and always prepared. She leads by example as a hard worker, as someone who's deeply engaged with the data, and who puts the success of our students at the forefront of every discussion and every decision. It's no coincidence that the time period during which Dr. Dunn has served as provost has been a time of growth and great accomplishments for us at UNC Greensboro. I'm truly honored to have the opportunity to co-host this interview with Dr. Dunn today as part of the Yes And Cafe. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Nadja. That was quite the introduction. Now I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We wanted to start off with a a pretty big question. And, uh, you know, you've meant so much to us. And I've had the pleasure of working with you over the last uh, almost five years now. And I really echo what Nadja is saying about the impact you've had and the respect and just the affection I think that the faculty and the staff and many students also have for what you've done. But as provost, what are you most proud of our campus community in responding to really the elephant in the room now to the pandemic? What are you most proud of our campus community? Well, spring was a most unusual semester. And Had any of us predicted at the outset that by the end of the semester, over 98% of our courses would be successfully transitioned online, we just couldn't fathom that, that prospect. But that's exactly what happened. And faculty from around the campus, all disciplines, all colleges and schools work diligently on very short notice with varying degrees of experience to put their courses online. And they did it precisely because of their commitment to the students and their desire that our students be able to have continuity and complete their semesters. I am incredibly proud of our institution for doing that work. And it really tells us that our faculty put our mission front and center, that they value so much what we do, and that they're willing to do whatever it takes. 
Often uh, it takes a lot of extra work, particularly when there's such a monumental disruption. So I take great pride in that, and I think it speaks volumes about why this university is such a strong one with such a bright future. And so just to follow up on this, what would you say are the particular challenges? I mean, you've spoken to how folks have really rallied and and made things possible to keep moving through the semester and now looking to the fall. But what have been some of the challenges of managing the pandemic? I mean, I have a, a some sense of what, what you're dealing with because I'm in meetings with you, but there's probably like 99 other things that I'm not aware of and that most of us don't realize that you're managing. I think the biggest challenge is the uncertainty associated with what's occurring. Many of us joke that we don't want to hear the word unprecedented again because so much of what we're doing is without precedent. We don't have models to follow and we have to forge ahead in uncertain times and be aware that the situation is evolving and that we may have to change course abruptly or adjust course slightly. That's not easy, especially, I think, for academicians and bright students who like to uh, predict and uh, use their knowledge and their skills to make the world a more certain place. We're facing great uncertainty. I think that's the hardest thing for me and I think for many of us about the current situation. It also is a situation that results in great hardship for many. And that hardship can come in the form of ill health of self or loved ones, but it can also come in the form of economic disruption, emotional challenges, uh, trying to make progress toward one's degree as a student in the face of such challenges is, um, it's quite an undertaking. And, uh, you know, I talked earlier about the pride I have in our faculty's work, I also have great pride in what our students were able to do under very, very challenging circumstances. I think our graduates this year have certainly shown that they can prevail in the face of adversity. I know that Nadja's going to have some questions, but I have to ask one more question here, which is that in some ways the pandemic has heightened the need for us to deal with life, which actually there's a lot of uncertainties in life in general. I mean, there's some constants, there's some things that we rely on that we know of, but a lot of what we do day to day also is you have to kind of improvise. You have to kind of work through things. Not everything is, I mean, hardly anything is really scripted. We might have certain roles, but the particularities of what you might say, what we might do in any given situation changes. And so One of the things I've always been sort of very impressed by, and I I try to, in my fumbling ways, creatively emulate you, is just your way of carrying yourself when there are many things coming at you. How do you keep your focus and how do you move through being a provost and just as a, as a human being, how do you do that? How, what do you think and what do you hold on to as you're moving about? Well, that's an interesting question, Omar. It requires a little bit of reflection, but I think at the core of uh, my answer would be a commitment to trying to do my best and at the same time recognizing that my best is going to be far from perfect. I'm someone who believes that, you know, there's no one right answer or no one right way forward. 
perfection is something that very few uh, are able to attain. So if I keep that in mind and do my best, then it makes one a little bit more confident that you can navigate the way ahead. And while it's not perfect necessarily, it's the best one can do. And I think that's, that's all we can ask of ourselves. I really like the comment, Dana, about there not being one right answer, because I think that posture that you hold really allows you to have an openness, which is something I experience in you as a leader, an openness to ideas that people are bringing to the table and not necessarily always coming in thinking that you know the answer, but that you're willing to be informed by new data and by new perspectives. And that, I guess, is at heart this idea of yes and, this idea of being willing to build together. It's something that you really embody. Well, a university is a collection of brilliant people, and you certainly want to have an open mind and you want to seek the input. It's what makes a university such a special place. And you know, together, you know, we can shape a way forward that will, again, not be perfect, but will certainly be better than, than what any one individual prescribed. It really is a special place. And I wonder if you can comment a little bit or share a favorite story or anecdote or experience from the extensive time that you've had as provost here at UNCG. I uh, always look forward to the beginning of a new academic year. It's something that I think carries over from childhood when one anticipates um, new notebooks and sharpened pencils and uh, going to class to get one's assignment and looking forward to a new year and new classmates. So I very much enjoy the rhythms of the university and particularly the launches each fall. And for me, always exciting to come back to campus when students are present. In the summer, there's much work to be done as an administrator, but it's a very different pace. And while the work's important to prepare for the next year, you don't feel the same sense of joy that you feel when the students are everywhere. So I think my absolute favorite time is coming back at the beginning of a new year, not necessarily the big launch events. Those are fun. Those are celebrations. They're always fun. But those first few weeks of classes, when students are everywhere, they're running to get to class on time with their backpacks, you know, filled to the brim so that they're about to tip over backwards. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, they're chatting with their classmates. Sometimes they look a little bit lost because they're not sure where that next class is. Those are my favorite times. And the special thing about a university is that you get to do that every year. And even though it's something we've done many times, there's always a subset of the student population for whom it's the first time. And so it's that sort of vicarious pleasure of understanding, of experiencing that with them. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to experiencing that again soon from the perspective of a faculty member in the classroom. Those first few days of class, there's just such an energy and an excitement and maybe a little bit of trepidation, but uh, a real anticipation of what the future holds. So in some ways, you've anticipated our next question, which was about what you are looking forward to. It sounds like, you know, it's getting back into the rhythm of being a faculty member. What else in particular are you looking forward to doing next? Well, I'm looking forward to a little bit of downtime. I love being a provost, but for me, being a provost is pretty all-consuming, and it doesn't leave much time to do the things that I enjoy. 
many of them very simple things. So I'm looking forward to having a little more time to read, uh, not just uh, things in my discipline, which I have much work to do to prepare myself to reenter the classroom, but novels and uh, just all manner of things. I love the outdoors. I'm looking forward to spending more time in nature, on hikes and exploring this beautiful state and beyond. Was looking forward to a lot of travel, and I think that's going to have to be put on hold for a little while. So I guess in the near term, I'll just have to read novels set in exotic places while I await the opportunity to travel again. But it's really simple things. I think I just need a little time to do those simple things, and then I'll be re-energized and ready to return to the classroom and enjoy the university from the perspective of faculty. imagine that it's always intense to be a provost, but it must have been particularly so in the past few months. Has the expectations of you and the need to make decisions and everything been very different in the pandemic? What's that been like? Well, it has been different. Um, First, working remotely is something that is not my favorite mode. I think I'm much like our students. I prefer to be on campus. Uh, That energy is something that's very motivating to all of us. I also am very fortunate to have some incredible support staff in my office who help keep me organized and moving forward. And when one is working remotely, even with a connection to them, it's much harder to be as productive because we don't have that benefit of that wonderful support. So that's been a bit different and a bit challenging. But beyond that, in this moment of uh, challenge, most of the day is spent dealing with the impact of COVID in one way or another, whether it's planning for the fall class schedule or planning for the technology needs of faculty who may have to teach remotely. That, uh, that's something that becomes a little tiresome after a while. So I have to say, while it's important work, and I'm glad I'm here to help move the university forward, um, it's, it's not my favorite. And these few months have been a little challenging for me, as I know they have been for everyone. So very much looking forward to reading some novels. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I think this is a good moment to bring in our um, recent graduate. Brianna Franklin is a recent Honors College graduate at UNC Greensboro. She was a biology major and chemistry minor, and she served as an Honors Ambassador for over two years. She was born in Maryland to a military family from Guyana, South America, but she grew up mostly in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and decided to come to UNCG because of its diversity and the opportunities offered at the university, including the Honors College and uh, scholarships offered, um, and she became a Reynolds Scholar and taking advantage also of study abroad. She studied in South Korea at Yonsei University in Seoul. And uh, when she returned, uh, she became a McNair Scholar, conducting research in Dr. Nicholas Oberlies' lab on fungal identification through DNA barcoding and worked specifically with Dr. Husefa Raja. And now she plans to apply to graduate school in 2021 to become a genetic counselor. So Brianna, welcome to the conversation. She's been listening in. Yes, thank you for having me. So, Brianna, in listening to the conversation from a a student now recent graduate, what's your experience of the transition and sort of the challenges and uh, the opportunities that, you know, the provost done was talking about? 
So I guess given that this was my last semester, the transition was definitely a very interesting change moving from, you know, doing everything on campus and having all those resources to having to completely move out, come home and still work remotely on finishing up classes and whatnot and having to transition certain materials to an online setting. So that was challenging at times. But thankfully, the faculty is very understanding and um, just given, you know, at this point, too, it's like, okay, it's hard. But at the end, you know, is this is not the point time to be giving up. You know, it's only time to push forward and it makes just reaching that end goal even more rewarding. So that's what kind of helped me a bit to just kind of get through these last uh, I guess two months. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> Well, that's a great way of, of thinking about it in some ways for you is sort of motivating. I know that it's been very challenging, as Dana referred to, you know, for many people, but you seem to have kind of taken a positive spin on it and use it as an opportunity to kind of keep driving it to the finish line. I mean, you kind of have to because it's very easy to just let the whole situation of the world right now get to you with just everything that you just hear every day. But doing that is nothing's going to get done at the end of the day you know, I still have certain tasks that have to be done regardless of situation. So even if it's just some little positive thing I can find every day to just keep me going. Brianna, listening to this conversation, do you have thoughts that you would like to share from a student perspective or maybe questions for Provost Dunn? I guess one question I have now that you're moving to back to the faculty setting, I'm curious, what was one thing being as a provost, like what's one thing that you can could take from that leadership um, moving back to a faculty setting? Like what's something that you've learned or experienced and you think having that background now can help expand better with working with students as a faculty member? It's a very good question, Brianna. I think it's very important for administrators and faculty to work together and appreciate one another's perspectives. At some universities, there's a little bit of a tension between faculty and administrators, and they don't all seem to be pulling in the same direction in terms of the future of the university. So I think it's a privilege to have the opportunity to be in both kinds of roles because it takes both perspectives, both vantage points to really um, understand and I think help shape the future of the university. So I will appreciate as a faculty member the things that administrators at the university are working on, even in times when uh, I may find a, a new policy or a new procedure or some new form I have to fill out, you know, a little bit frustrating or annoying. I'll understand that there's some reason behind it that this was not created just to keep me busy. In fact, that uh, administrators are really about trying to support the faculty and to facilitate their work. So I'll always have that perspective as, as a faculty member. But I'll also um, go back to the faculty here at UNCG a little bit in awe of my faculty colleagues because they are so talented and so committed to the students their education, and then their own scholarly work. That's quite a standard to live up to. So it's a little bit frightening, having been in administration for quite a while now, to return and think, oh, I've got to measure up. I don't think there will be any trouble with that. What would you like to teach? What are you going to be teaching? 
I've actually been preparing an introduction to sociology course online, and I chose that carefully and specifically because when I reintegrate into the department, I don't really want to intrude into any of the courses or areas where faculty are already teaching. And I know very often that there's you know, a demand, a need for more people to teach that most basic course. So I thought that would be a good thing to start with. I always enjoy teaching it because it's the first opportunity to expose students to sociology and the sociological way of thinking and viewing the world. And that's kind of fun. So, uh, and I, because I know that there's a need for more online courses and I thought it would be a good experience to work with our talented instructional design team uh, and to, to put such a course together. So that's one thing that I'm working on. I've also been asked to consider a course on gender and leadership, which is very exciting to me. It might be a graduate course, I think. And um, some of my own research in the past has dealt with uh, gender and leadership issues in the workplace and also in the political arena. So I think it's a fascinating time to explore those topics. And uh, hopefully that would be something of, of interest to our students. Do you have some general advice for us as we move forward as a campus community? I mean, you, you bring such a wealth of experience and an effective leadership style. I mean, I, I feel very happy for those who get into your graduate class. They're going to have a great experience learning from you. What sort of general advice do you have for us as we move forward as a community, as a campus, as we're reestablishing and figuring new ways to be community? I think it's very important that we stay positive. In fact, Brianna, I think, was very eloquent in her comments about uh, needing to find something positive to focus on to, to keep moving forward. We know that the situation will change and ultimately it's temporary. It will be a slice of our lives that we'll never forget, but we will move beyond this. And if we keep that focus and you know, maintain our forward progress, I think we'll be just fine. I think we have to be patient with one another and with ourselves. It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get a little bit down, especially on a rainy, dreary day like today. Some of us are realizing how much more we need the sunshine than we ever did before. But I think that patience and that knowledge that we're really very privileged to get to do the work that we do, and I mean both faculty and students. There's nothing more fulfilling than learning, and we're all learning, faculty and students alike. So for that to be our work, that's, that's a very special thing. So if we focus on that and just keep moving forward, we'll get beyond this and we'll come out on the other side, I think, probably with some valuable lessons learned about what's most important to us. I think one of the lessons we will have learned in higher ed is that we're actually a lot more agile than uh, many give us credit for. There are some who say that educators are conservative and they're staid and they can't really change course quickly. Boy, that doesn't sound like anything I've observed. Yeah. All we have to do is point to spring of 2020 to prove that there are some data to the contrary. Absolutely. I was actually thinking of a question kind of in line with the one you just asked, but maybe I'll reframe it a little bit. We have several examples in this conversation of women at various stages of their careers. Brianna is just ready to embark as a recent graduate. I've been a faculty member for some time. Dana, you have the most experience of the three of us having been provost for these past years and having had administrative experience before that. 
I'm thinking about how your research intersects with your experience as a woman in the workplace. And I wonder if you have any specific comments or advice to Brianna and to me as we conduct ourselves as women in the workplace for how to be effective. That's a big question. (laughs) It's a little loaded. Take it where you like. Well, first of all, obviously, we have a very accomplished recent graduate and a very accomplished award-winning faculty member here who clearly have learned how to navigate as women in education, women in the workplace. I think the most important message for all women, irrespective of the stage of their career, is to be confident in themselves and to, you know, assume that they'll be given opportunities and go forward as positive as possible. But don't accept structural challenges that confront you. Be confident in your own ability. And if you encounter difficulties, then take them on. It's not only your future, it's the contributions that you can make and all others who have similar needs in the workplace and have a a need for those to be addressed. You know, I'm thinking as I say this specifically, uh, some of the work that I know you, Nadja, have done at the past in the university in terms of advocating for um, work-family balance and the kinds of supports that um, not just women, but in this case, women in particular in the workplace need to be able to go forward and make their workplace contributions in a balanced way. So I think that confidence in self and that willingness to be an advocate for what we all need uh, to move ahead, I think you know, that would be the advice that I would have. And it, you know, it starts early, Brianna. I think you need to be positive and optimistic and you know, confident in all you've accomplished and take on the world, and it will probably go quite well and quite smoothly, but probably somewhere along the way, you're going to encounter a bump in the road. And don't let that road derail you. Talk with a mentor, get some advice, get some guidance, use your internal compass and take it on and overcome it and you will prevail and we need you to because you have so much to contribute. I love these comments. I was thinking about somebody who's had the privilege of working directly with you as one of your deans, just how much I've learned in how you you have this attitude that you exude a kind of confidence, but there's a humility there as well. One of the things that I know about you and I know about Nadja and Brianna is that you're all very good at building relationships and you're very attentive to that. I'm always inspired by the ways in which each of you, Brianna and I have also worked over the years closely in the Honors College, are so supportive of men and of you know your colleagues, whether they're men, women, however they identify. And I think that oftentimes in our society, we think of things as a zero-sum game when actually there's ever more to create and to give and to build and to grow. And I think that you're just a model of that. And I'm just so pleased and I feel emotional that you know, you're know you leaving. And I, it's very um, touching to be part of this conversation. And, you know, thank you so much for taking the time out of, I know it was a very, very busy day and week and time to have this conversation with us. So thank you, Dana. Yes. Thank you, Dana. This has been wonderful. And thank you, Brianna, as well. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Likewise. And we wish you both well, Brianna and Dana, as you embark on new chapters of your lives. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Many thanks to the University Teaching and Learning Center that provided the recording studio, to Ashley Scott, who did our logo, to Lloyd International Honors College, to University Communications, including our production team, Matt Bryant and Ben Peterson. 